Welcome to Something Positive for Positive People. I'm Courtney Brain. Something Positive for Positive People is a podcast featuring the experiences of people living with or affected by sexually transmitted infections. Thank you to everyone who's liked, rated, reviewed, subscribed to, and especially shared the podcast. I know a lot of people are fearful of other people finding out that they may have an STI or herpes specifically, but I really, really appreciate all of the added support because everything helps, especially with these reviews. People have privately messaged me and thanked me for finding the podcast. Uh, so that I, I credit that all to you guys. Like I blog where I can and it's always in the same places. I'm sure people are tired of seeing my blog posts. I've been removed from a couple of places, but it's all good. I mean, it's like I say, when the big decisions made, all of the little ones are already made as well. So I know that this is a thing that's going to continue to happen. So I'll continue to do what I can on my part. And all I ask from you all is that you just continue to share and review the podcast. That is the best thing that you can do for us to date. Now that we got that out of the way, today I'm here with LaCrista Greco. She is on Instagram at Gorilla Feminist. Before we get started, can you tell us a little bit about Gorilla Feminist without going into too much detail? Why that name? <laughs> um, that name because it's sort of an homage to the Gorilla Girls, which was um, an, a feminist art group, mm-hmm. um, as well as I see my feminism as sort of a surprise attack on the patriarchy and such. So. Well, we'll talk a little bit more about that later, but the main thing I want to talk about is, first, let's go with how we met. So I recently just got out of, um, I was pursuing someone to do an episode with who was pretty big, I want to say, in the local area here. And unfortunately, things didn't work out. So I had to just kind of let that go. And I got to tell you, like immediately after making a decision to accept the fact that that wasn't going to happen. A friend of mine tagged me in one of your recent Instagram posts, and I was kind of confused by it because the title of it said, How Do I Live in a Body Haunted by Men? I was like, you trying to say something? And then I scrolled down to the comments, and I'm like, oh, shit, because the first thing that you say is, I have herpes. I have genital herpes. So um, this was a really quick turnaround time. I think it was three days ago where we first reached out. We scheduled our phone call. We spoke on the phone, and I cut you off before you got to tell me your story because I wanted it to be a surprise as well to me as well as the listeners so that we can genuinely talk through it as best we can. And I'm so excited for you. I'm so happy that you posted that, and I know that this wasn't your first time, but it was the first time I saw it. Whenever I see someone who comes out in a post like that, I get chills down my spine because I understand the liberation that comes with it. And it's, you know, after you do it a few times, it's just like not the same feeling. But someone new saw that and you gave them some sense of hope and encouragement. So before we get started, can you read that post? Do you have it pulled up with you? Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So... So the post says, how do I live in a body haunted by men? There is discussion of or mention of sexual assault, so there's a trigger warning for that. Um, Okay. I have genital herpes. Genital herpes. The thing everyone jokes about. The thing nobody actually knows shit about. I have that. I got it from my abusive, lying, cheating ex-boyfriend. Each time I get an outbreak, one pimple-looking thing, I'm confronted with his ghost. I'm confronted with the fact that he lives inside of me and will forever. The actual outbreak isn't a big deal to me. It's not often painful. It's more an annoyance. It's the other stuff that's difficult, the trauma, the re-traumatization I feel each time it happens. 
He is the virus, and he'll always be with me. In order to live with myself, I have to confront this. I have to accept this. Four years later, and it's still so painful sometimes, there's an emotional component to herpes. Yes, you're experiencing a physical manifestation of a virus, but you also just feel off and shitty and sad. For me, the sadness brings up everything. The lying, the cheating, the diagnosis, the time he sexually assaulted me, the abandonment, the death of a love. I hear he's married and has kids now, both things he said he wanted with me. And I'm alive, living with his ghost. This ghost that sleeps inside of me, waking ever so often to remind me he's still with me, and he always will be. Reminding me with his Cheshire cat smile that I'm forever tied to him. He has branded me, and every lover after will know about him. He's not the only one sleeping soundly in my nerves. There are three other ghosts that live inside of me. My ex is the only one who left a visual mark, though. How do I live in a body that is haunted by men? I'm still figuring it out. Beautifully said. And there are a lot of little nuggets in there, like nobody knows shit about herpes. You've been dealing with this (laughs) for four years now. It just occurred to me to ask you, you said that that isn't the only ghost that lives inside of you. It's just the only one with physical symptoms. What were the other two? That was speaking more to having been sexually assaulted by two other men, actually four total. But um, so that was speaking more to sort of remnants of trauma from sexual assault. Mm -hmm. Are you at a place where you feel comfortable talking about that here? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I've talked about it publicly or online for a while so yeah i'm okay i'm good to talk about that as well yeah all right you four years ago were diagnosed with genital herpes yep and this is from your ex-boyfriend correct yes all right so tell us how you found out you were herpes positive I was with this guy for i think it was around five months into the relationship and i one night noticed um, a sore like right above the entrance to my vagina and it had looked like nothing I'd ever seen before and it hurt really badly. So the next day I called my doctor, went in and got a swab done, which is really the only or the best test for herpes. And it came back positive for HSV-1 and I just remember I mean that time was kind of a blur but I mean I just sobbed in the waiting room or in the doctor's room I guess everything I knew about herpes was like oh my god it's for life it's terrible like it means I'm a slut like all of these very ridiculous but like you know they're stereotypes and they're all this is what people say right so that's how I was diagnosed and I immediately told my boyfriend at the time, I really don't know if he knew he had oral herpes, but he may have or he may not have. I'm not sure exactly. There have been people who, when diagnosed, will tell their partner that they've been diagnosed, and the responses vary across the board. There's the response of, oh, well, you know, if you got it, we got it. There's the response of them being accusatory towards you, like, this is your fault, you did this, who you've been sleeping around with. Those are kind of both ends of the spectrum, and then there's everything in between. So you're either dealing with a super-duper negative response, or you've got the more positive one. So 
Where does yours fall? It was interesting because I, I had a conversation with him like the day that I got diagnosed. I went to his place and had a sit down with him. And in my mind, I was like, holy shit, he's going to think that I cheated on him. So I immediately was really scared about that and like really worried about that. So I talked to him about it and said, look, I found this thing. I got diagnosed. This is what it is. Do you have it? He acted very confused, very shocked, very concerned for me, said that he had never experienced it. But the way that I had gotten it was through oral sex. And so he had to have had oral herpes. But of course, people know that as cold sores, because that's a nicer way to say it, right? Because that's like the better version of herpes to get, which is ridiculous. But anyways, I never noticed him having an outbreak, though, on his mouth. So he could have been asymptomatic or just a lot. A lot of times people just won't have visible outbreaks. But so he was, you know, comforting to me about it and everything, um, which was really nice and said that we were going to work through this and all of that. But then, I mean, and I don't know if I should go into this now or later, but um, eventually it turned out that he was the one cheating on me. (laughs) So the fact that I was worried at all about him thinking I cheated on him was just really kind of like, it's really ironic to kind of think back to and be like, oh, no, actually, it was the other way around. And Did he ever end up getting tested for it? No, not to my knowledge. Not when he was with me. We were He broke up with me, I think, two months after my diagnosis. Wow. So. Okay. Yeah. So he's so, cheating and left you. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, claiming he didn't have the time for a relationship when actually he broke up with me in in like May and he apparently was dating someone else um, April 1st but probably cheating on me before then too so I don't actually know and he never copped to it of course I found out a lot of this stuff after the fact okay so you're diagnosed with genital HSV type 1 you're Mm -hmm. in a relationship you've been with him five months and then two months Mm -hmm. later you get left what's going through your mind now the relationship's over I'm sure after the acceptance and him being there for you, you probably leveled out, calmed down, and then all of a sudden you're hit with this. It was really a hard time. And not just because of the herpes, because I was super in love with this person. And we had talked about creating a future together, etc. And um, it was kind of like the whole relationship felt like a lie. So that was really the more traumatic part than actually getting diagnosed with herpes. I think that looking back, had I gotten diagnosed with herpes and I was in this, you know, great loving relationship, I don't think it would have been as traumatizing. Um, I think it was more so the fact of how I got diagnosed and how I contracted it and all of those things instead of just like the actual virus. But so I was really in a, in a bad place for a while afterwards. I felt like um, no one would ever love me. You know, all these typical things that you, you kind of hear and see, like that I'm unlovable, I'm dirty, um, I'm a slut, I'm a whore, um, no one's going to want to, I can never have sex again. <laughs> like, And these, these are things. all things that no one has ever said to you directly and things no. that we start to just say to ourselves 
I can't think of anything in the media that says you have herpes, no one's going to love you. These are all implied things. Nobody wants herpes. That's the biggest highlight in the media. And then everything else we just kind of run with on our own. Like, oh, my God, nobody wants herpes. And now we've associated ourselves with herpes and make the assumption that no one's going to want us. Yeah, I picked up on a lot of that implicit stuff. Anytime you have an incurable STI, it's like, oh, my God, that's it for you. You're done. (laughs) And there's a lot of discussion, I think, in the sexual health community to get tested and do these things. But there's not a lot of discussion around what to do after you get diagnosed and how to live with it and that you can have a life and you're not going to have this horrible, shitty existence. Yes. You know? There is legitimately life after an STI diagnosis. Right. And unfortunately, our education focuses on the preventive measures and doesn't touch on preparation at all. So it goes from don't have sex to, oh, okay, you're having sex, use condoms. But there's no, you can get herpes without even using condoms. Right. And I think that people, I didn't know that either before, before I got it. Because who knows that? Most people don't, you know. I found out two weeks ago that you can get gonorrhea from oral sex. Oh, see, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. that's something that I never would have imagined. I'm sure I'm not the only person who's thought that, but it's uh, if like I'm not gonna get head with a condom. Like who? who, Nobody really does. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, there may be certain situations, but I've never been a person to like. As far as I know, rubber's nasty. Like, who's gonna put that in their mouth? First of all, and I think too the thing with herpes is so people don't understand and I certainly didn't understand this either how there are these two types and you can get genital herpes from somebody going down on you that has oral herpes like I didn't know that was a thing I had no clue and then I used to think too that I was so good at getting tested right before all this happened I was like I get tested all the time but you actually don't get tested for that many things when you go in for a standard STI panel test it's like two or three things you know and it's not herpes it's not on there and so this whole time I had thought I was like I'm getting tested for everything so I'm I'm good no they don't test for that because they can't really because it can lead to false positives and there's all these other issues because herpes such as is such a weird virus yes yes yeah so they think just there's so much lack of education and just confusion too in our culture i mean that's really really unfortunate and mm-hmm. and the only reason i know so much about it now is because i was diagnosed like yes. i'll admit it like, <laughs> we are you know, the herpes experts once you get right? diagnosed yeah. with something or when you think you have you think you're going to be diagnosed with something you're having symptoms you become an right. expert on whatever that thing is just with the access we have to the internet and all the information out there in the world there's no reason right. we can't find a way to help with preparation of contracting an SCI, especially with the society we live. It's 2018. Your next partner is literally a thumb swipe, finger swipe away. And we're not having conversations about sexually transmitted infections. We're not having conversations about, okay, what happens if you get one and now you're going to go into a new relationship or a new partnership or a new, um, you're starting to date again. What happens if you, to your knowledge, don't have an STI, but someone comes to you and says that they do have an STI. Yeah. What happens if the condom breaks? What happens if 
someone lets you know they have cold sores, but they're not shedding. Like, we're not on the same page across the board with how to deal with these things. And the most educated people about SCIs, period, are the people who are living with one. Right. But these are the people we don't hear from because of the shame associated, the embarrassment, the stigma. All of this plays a role into the more ashamed we are, the less educated people can be. I'm so grateful to you for coming out about it and just being one more educated resource to people who are living with herpes or think they don't know someone living with herpes. Because we all do. We just may not know Right. Oh, yeah. Just people don't feel comfortable talking about it. I've heard doctors say this, that they don't like to do blood tests because the idea that someone has herpes is like more mental anguish than it needs to be. Because they might never have an outbreak, but they, they might have herpes in their blood. Mm-hmm. And so doc- that's why doctors don't even like to do blood tests for it. Yeah. I mean, that's telling, you know, Very. like that's hugely telling that, wow, people are so afraid to actually say, I have this or whatever. And, and then there's the fact, too, that like, and this is kind of going on a tangent, so we can maybe not no. go into this. <laughs> we, whatever, we're talking about this. This is a conversation. This is a conversation. Okay, well. About how, like, you know, people with oral herpes are, like, better than those of us who have genital herpes or something. Like, because in my experience, I have known, when I think back to previous sexual partners, I have known uh, people who have oral herpes who haven't told me. They haven't informed me. They've, like, talked about it after the fact. When I was first dating again after having been diagnosed with herpes... I would always be the one to bring up my sexual health and like, let's have a conversation before we get intimate about our STI status and all of that stuff. And most of the time, these dudes would only cop to it after I said, yeah, I have genital herpes. Then they'd be like, oh, well, I get cold sores. Like, <laughs> So these are people now, these are people that you've met in the real world or on yeah. like dating sites, right? So complete strangers, you haven't, you don't know that they have anything. You've met these people in your day-to-day life, gone on a date, and then you've disclosed to them after having a conversation about your sexual health. Yep. Would you have like a rough estimate of how many people that's been? Okay, that says it all. (laughs) If you got to think about it, it means it wasn't one or two. And the reason I ask that is not to like get your count, but to show people that Even out in dating in the real world, there are so many people who are living with herpes. Fortunately, you come across the people who know that they have herpes. I say that to give people, to inspire people and encourage them to go out and date. Go out and do the things that you like to do. Surround yourself by people who have those common interests. Because more than likely, if you're interested in this one thing, like let's say you go out to um, like art shows or something nine times out of ten you're going to meet someone who also likes art shows and probably likes a few other things that you like but people can be so hell-bent on i have this virus i can only date other people with this virus and then like now with that being grounds the foundation for a relationship there's a 50 50 chance that beyond that you do like each other or don't like each other but it's more likely that in your day-to-day life your activities your hobbies the things that you enjoy doing volunteer work whatever it may be you'll meet someone who either knows they have it or doesn't know they don't have it or they're accepting of you for having it right well and that's why too i never really went on the herpes 
or STI positive dating sites because I personally felt, and like, again, if people want to use those and, and find those to be great, that's awesome. You do you. But I feel personally like they, they just kind of like, I don't you can know, say they it. call it my insecurities kind of. And it's like, there's this kind of idea that, oh, well, people with herpes should date each other. That's it. You it perpetuates the people. stigma to an extent. Yeah. That's, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. So like, and again, I think too, those sites can be really great for people. And I'm glad that there are people out there that enjoy them. But I just never, personally never went that route because I was like, I don't want to feel like I have some horrifying disease and I can't date anybody when they probably have it too or have something. I mean, you know, yep. I just, yeah, I never really fucked with those sites. But yeah, most of the men that I dated after my diagnosis, first of all, I, I think I only had one person out of several because I dated a lot after my diagnosis. I think I only had one person who ever was like, really uncomfortable about it and didn't know if he wanted to sleep with me and everybody else was like oh yeah okay whatever like (laughs) it was like not an issue Mm -hmm. and I think that's the thing too that I like to tell people because I know I I get a lot of messages from young women who are just like oh my god like men are gonna think I'm so gross and no they're not gonna want to sleep with me and I'm like no statistically You'll be fine. You you know? get those messages as well where it appears that people begin to reject themselves before they give anyone the opportunity to be accepting of them. Yes, yes, exactly. And I mean, and I get that, especially if you're newly diagnosed. I'm sure I felt like that too and kind of would do that too. It's, it's part of, you know, you're trying to protect yourself, right, from emotional bullshit. But it, it's really, it, it doesn't, it does yourself a disservice, really, because you don't know how people are going to feel about it. And, you know, the task of telling somebody about it is really daunting, but it gets easier the more times you do it. And I feel like if you're confident about yourself, especially when you're talking about your diagnosis to, to a potential partner, it goes really well. And it weeds out the people that quite frankly, you don't need to be sleeping with, <laughs> you yes. know, like, I mean, it weeds out the, the assholes. So one of the most important things that I would say I learned from my diagnosis is to have the sex health conversation because prior to my diagnosis, I can't remember, but one time and the way that I would ask would be, Hey, do I need this condom? As in, are you on birth control? I was more concerned yeah. about kids than right, right. than yeah. contracting an STI. And it's just because, again, you know, out of sight, out of mind. You w- would assume that someone who has an STI is going to tell you that they have an STI or not want to have sex. Because looking at the pictures, the scare right. tactics that were used when I was in elementary, middle, high school, whenever they started with the sex ed stuff, those images right. were frightening. You oh, thought that you would be able to look at a vagina, a penis, and determine that is something that I don't want to deal with or smell it even because like that was something I learned from friends. Oh, yeah, you know if a girl has an STI by how she smells. And you'd know if you have one because it'll burn when you pee. I was like, oh, okay, right. well, as long as I'm not experiencing any of those things, then I'm good. But no, that's right. not how this works. Right. 
No, and, it, and that's the thing, too, that's never talked about is the actual symptoms can be so different from person to person. And a lot of times men don't have symptoms even. And women sometimes don't have symptoms. There's no discussion about even if you don't have symptoms, there's still potential for having something. It's important to kind of be thoughtful about that. Yeah. And talk to your partner or whoever, whomever you're sleeping with. Yep. Have those conversations. Yeah. yeah. Having those conversations after your relationship, it, it got easier, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, I had done a lot of research online about like how to sort of talk to people about it and even whether I should talk to people about it, which sounds fucked up, but there are a lot of people, if you go online, who are like, I just don't tell people, which I'm not a proponent of. I think that's not okay because I know how I felt and... I could never, like, live with myself doing that to somebody else because you're taking somebody's choice away, and that's not okay. But I've heard from a lot of people with cold sores. I don't tell people. And I was like, but you're the person, like, I got it from. Like, you need to tell people if you know, you Mm -hmm. know? If you don't know, then okay, sure. But if you know, like, just fucking tell people that. Yeah. You know, so I did a lot of research looking up kind of, like, how to do it and it did get a lot easier and you know, it wasn't something I would do like right before I would try to have sex with somebody. Cause I read everywhere how like, that's like the worst time to like have that conversation, yes. <laughs> which makes sense. <laughs> um, but so I would do it, you know, after a couple dates and like have conversation, just open it up with like, you know, talking about, yeah, like, you know, what's your sexual health like or your health in general? Um, have you ever had an STI? What, what was that? Or, And then I would kind of go into my story and and not make it anything that was like, woe is me, but just be very matter of fact about it. Like, I have genital herpes. It's a thing. I take medication when I need to. I know my body really well. I know when I'm going to have an outbreak. You know, here's some more information on it if you want some. And like, so that's kind of, you know, how I would do it. And it was fine. And I'm in a really great relationship now. And he doesn't give a shit and so it's never been an issue with really anybody that I've dated yeah I like that disclosure method staying really matter of fact about it because the thing is people feel the way you make them feel so if you're approaching it from a confident place of I am knowledgeable about this I'm knowledgeable about my body I know what we need to do in order to protect you as best we can Because, again, it's not there's no 100 percent guaranteed way of not spreading the virus, but you're giving them the idea that you're confident about it and that they can trust you. And I think that that's a very important element that we can find ourselves removing from it if we're not at a good place to be accepting of the fact that we have herpes or an STI at all. Yeah. And I think. In doing that, I just lost my train of thought, though. It's all right. Happens to me all the time. But one thing I do want to say is not disclosing does suck. I mean, and before I started doing this podcast, I had to go back to a few people and be like, hey, I have something to tell you. And that is a very uncomfortable conversation to have. Like even worse than I have herpes. 
I need to tell you this, blah, 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 and then move forward, however. But having someone find out, and there's a number of ways it can happen. You can hook up with someone drunk or whatever. And my excuses were like, you know, they didn't ask. And it's just one of those things where like you make excuses, drink and like try and lose all your morals. And now you got to deal with the consequences. So I want to take this moment to just discourage that. That's, it's not cool. It's uncomfortable. Um, it's wrong to the people that you choose not to especially if you know if you know then you have a responsibility to disclose right i always tell people that there are always risks in having sex having sex is never a risk-free thing whether there are emotional risks physical risks like it's not even just like oh well whoever sleeps with me could potentially get herpes from me there are a lot of different risks that we take when we decide we're gonna have sex Mm -hmm. so I think just, you know, just understanding that too. And I don't know anyone who wants to be abstinent. So like, you know, you just, you, you deal with it, right? right? You just, you do what you can and you, you deal with the, whatever might happen, you know? Yeah. There are people who have not disclosed who now feel bad and they say things like, sometimes it's excuses, but it's like, right. this just happened so fast, and he or she were, was throwing themselves at me, and I just, we just, it just happened. And then, right. like, we're stuck with the thought, I'm the worst person in the world, what was me? But it's like, okay, you're looking at this not even in concern for your own health and safety, because right. how many others have they possibly done this with? Or do right. they know what their sexual health status is? You know you have herpes. What does that right. person not know they have or know that they have and didn't tell you? So anyone who finds themselves in that position, like the best piece of advice that I give is other than, hey, just, you know how you feel right now, don't do it again, is ask them, are you okay? It's important to have the conversation with anyone. And there's no such thing as safe sex. So you can't just say we use the condom. There's only safer sex, which includes that open, that honest communication between people before like when people are able to provide consent is probably the best time to have this conversation and not after you've been drinking or doing whatever it is that the kids are doing these days exactly i did want to ask you so you mentioned in your post that you're dealing with the ghosts in your body Mm -hmm. how are you dealing with it so i don't get outbreaks that frequently and statistically the longer you have herpes the less frequent outbreaks a person usually gets so i no longer get as frequent outbreaks which is great but also kind of difficult because for a while i was sort of used to the the routine of getting an outbreak every so often and now it's like maybe once a once a year or a, a year and a half etc and um which again is great but mentally and emotionally um it's a bit more difficult because I sort of get pulled back into that place of like thinking about my ex-boyfriend and what he did to me and just again the trauma of all of that um and again it's not even so much about the herpes it's more about that relationship and the way that it ended and the betrayal and all of that shit so the way that I'm kind of dealing with it I mean I'm still dealing with it it's four years later But it's not something I think about all the time. But when I do get an outbreak, you know, I do think about it. It, It's, I don't know how I can't. And so I kind of just have to remind myself 
that I'm I'm in a different place in my life than I was then. I'm happy where I am today. I have a really amazing boyfriend and I just kind of remind myself this is a skin condition at the end of the day that I deal with from time to time. It's not a big deal. Um, a skin condition that lives in the nerves because you, right. you'll get shit about that if you just say skin condition. Trust me, <laughs> sure, I've been there. Sure, sure I but, believe you. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's not, you know, it's like it's not, it's not that deep. <laughs> yeah. It's deep physically, but not, you know, it's like whatever. Again, for me, there's this emotional aspect to it, which is the more difficult part. So, I mean, you know, I've, I've been to therapy and I, I do meditation and things like that and journal and all of that stuff helps and talking to friends, um, and people who I'm close with, um, when I need to. And, um, I, I have a lot of support and so that's kind of how I'm trying to figure it all out and yeah. deal with it at this point. Um, I'm glad that you said you talk about to it about family and friends and that you have a lot of support because, Oftentimes we isolate ourselves. We make ourselves believe we don't have anyone that we can talk to about this. A traumatic experience is a traumatic experience. And the only way to work through it is some form of seeking support, expression. We can't isolate ourselves and suppress it and think that we're alone. We have to utilize the support systems that we have. If that means a relative, if that means a friend, if that means someone that you just feel close to that you can trust to just share with then use that lean on your support system there's no reason not to i mean i have told my family my immediate family and a family member of mine does have oral herpes and so it was very helpful to kind of be able to have that conversation with this person and talk about that too in a way that was really open and supportive and i'm so happy that you're out there in public about having herpes and The more of us who are out about having herpes, and not to say everyone needs to do this, we allow ourselves to be a resource available to someone who thinks they don't have any resource available, who think that they're alone. All these things that aren't true, all these things that are supporting and perpetuating the stigma because it's just having people out there like you who are living completely normal lives or extraordinary due to guerrilla feminism. We, we need yeah. more of us. We need more of us out here. We need more people who are willing to just say, hey, I have herpes. Oh, by the way, I'm also living my life. Like, that's why right. it's just not really important for me to. Right. That it's not a really a big deal in the grand scheme of things. You deal with it. You have it. You're addressing the emotional trauma that comes with it as it comes up. You're doing it in a healthy way. But you've also got your life going on. This isn't hindering your life you've right. moved on into like another it's, it's, relationship it's just a part of you it's not the whole you it's yes. not it's a small part of you it's not it's yep. not your life it's not who you are so i don't think i ever asked you like are you comfortable talking about what it is that you do for a living sure yeah i currently work for a university library and not as a librarian yet yet i'm in school to be a librarian I currently work as a publications associate at a university here. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, You also have a podcast. I do. Um, So my best friend and I, Anju, we have a podcast called Dames with Demons, and we talk about mental illness. 
and we both have anxiety disorders and so we kind of just have conversations about how we deal with our anxiety and things that come up for us and we've known each other for like 15 years so it's a really kind of nice conversational style not super deep or heavy although it can be but we're both pretty able to joke about a lot of our anxious stuff so (laughs) so yeah I love that. And we'll link to that in the show notes uh, when I post this podcast episode. But is there anything that you want to leave the listeners with before I let you go? I know you got to get to the gym. I just want to say, too, to people who are newly diagnosed, I know that I felt right away that I should be open about it and talk about it. But I think it's important to not put too much of that on you right when you're diagnosed and to take some time to sort of really just reflect and take care of yourself and you can come out about it at some point whenever it feels good for you because I have this large platform online I felt immense pressure like I shouldn't be hiding about this and I should really be talking about this openly but I couldn't do it right when I was diagnosed it was not something I was able to do at that time I really want people to take your time in coming to terms with it and take your time speaking up on it. I appreciate that. And thank you so much for your time and being able to do this with me, especially on such short notice. And I know you're busy and I just really, really appreciate the fact that you were able to just take the time to share this all with us and for that blog post too. So how can people get in contact with you? So you can follow me on Instagram at Gorilla Feminism. G-U-E-R-R-I-L-L-A, Feminism. My podcast is on iTunes and SoundCloud, Dames with Demons. And, uh, yeah, I think that's pretty much it. All right. Thank you so much, LaCrista. Thanks so much for having me. This concludes this episode of Something Positive for Positive People. I'm on Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, and Reddit at HRMyChest. The Something Positive for Positive People Facebook page is up. All you have to do is just search the name. Please continue to rate, review, subscribe to, and share the podcast on whatever podcast platform you listen on. This is helping people tremendously, and just you guys sharing it and having it out there to people is helping more people find it and bring us more guests like uh, like La Krista. Try saying that like five times back to back. Um, my goal is to get more people on who are out about their condition. I'm not going to stop interviewing people who want to remain anonymous at all, but this is really, really helpful to everyone to know that they have someone as a resource close to them to be there when and if they need it. And this is also becoming more of a sex education tool. So the more people who are able to find this, the more useful it can become. Till next time, stay positive.